0: You are listening to Church Talk with Isaac. Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Church Talk with Isaac. Um, If this is your first time listening, I am the host, Isaac Watson, and I want to always make sure that I take time to thank every single one of you who take the time week after week to listen to this podcast and to listen to these new episodes as they drop. Uh, I drop an episode in the beginning of the week. Every week I've been doing so since the beginning of 2020, the beginning of this year, and 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 I just thank God just for so many supporters. Uh, I mean, every week, you know, we have we have listeners listening in from all over the United States, listeners from actually all over the world, uh, Europe, uh, the U.K., uh, the Bahamas, the Caribbeans, Africa, uh, South Africa, uh, you know, all over the world. South America, uh, Canada. Uh, I just thank God. Thank you all so very much. It means the world to me. Uh, today's topic, I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to talk about something that uh, has be become a bit of a conversation. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, I've been, I've been seeing, um, uh, I've been seeing certain conversations come up that alludes around this topic, and uh, I want to actually deal with this because uh, I think that it's important. For those of you who are listening, you all know uh, that with Church Talk with Isaac, I cover a multitude of topics and I try to do it from an unbiased position where I try to just simply present truth or facts or um, I, I try to do it. Uh, from the standpoint of uh, the the person who may be sitting in the audience or in the pew, the parishioner, or I may be speaking from a leadership perspective or someone who may be serving as a leader under leadership, or I may be speaking from a pastoral or from a seat of, of overseership uh, as a senior leader or whatever the case may be. Or even sometimes I may even bring up topics from the outside looking in people who may not be a part of the church. Um, uh, but who see church things and who has an opinion about it. Um, Today, I want to deal with a topic uh, that I believe is important for us as believers, us as New Covenant believers, to really get a grasp on and to really understand. And some of what I'm going to talk about is going to come from the position of a leader within the church, a pastor or someone who's responsible for people, uh uh an overseer with inner work and uh, I'm a, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna title this uh your grace is fake your grace is fake and what I want to do is I want to take a few moments to to kind of just deal with the grace of God And uh, what it is from my perspective, because there are so many different versions of what grace is so many different versions of what grace is not. And what I want to do in this time is try to bring clarity, try to bring wisdom and sobriety to the conversation, because I believe that it is important. I believe that there is true grace, and I also believe that there's fake grace. I believe that there is a grace that has been fabricated, a grace that has been diluted, a grace that has been taken out of context. So let's kind of talk about this. And to be quite honest, um, this topic is not one that I can cover in 20 minutes. Um, So I'm going to try to deal with as much as I can within that time frame and uh, we'll see where we go from there all right the first thing i want to do is debunk a myth all right um this myth is this that grace is the covering of sin uh in other words if someone is to do something if 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 uh if someone is to sin if someone is and and however you want to define sin i've i've done topics where I've, I've defined sin and redefined what sin is. You can go back and listen to it if you, if you want context. I'm just going to say this. If, if you are in sin or if you are doing acts that are contrary to the nature of God, to the love of God, um, there is a teaching that says grace covers it. Or In other words, I can do what I will, and I just thank God for his grace. Listen, w- the myth is this. What you are describing is not grace. What you are describing is actually mercy. Um, mercy is God not giving you what you deserve. It's the mercies of God that are renewed every morning, and God is rich in mercy. Um, the Bible says, uh, the psalmist said, in, in Psalms 23, we all know it. That surely goodness and mercy follows me all the days of my life. Mercy is a principle of God. Uh, um, It is it is it is a part of the character and nature of God that um, that demonstrates a sense of compassion upon a people who may be doing things that are contrary or things that are displeasing or things that may be grieving um, to him, grieving to the Holy Spirit, Uh, even things that may be offensive to him and offensive to the Holy Spirit. And we we've we've made it out to be as if God never gets offended or God never gets grieved or God never gets quenched. When the fact of the matter is that all of those emotions are things that God experiences, that God feels. God does get grieved, God does get quenched. Paul told us, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Do not quench the Holy Spirit. So there are certain things that we uh, as people can do that honestly makes God feel a particular way. And and uh, what we have described as grace, honestly, is really mercy. What I want to do is I want to I want to kind of go over what it means cuz the Bible does say in Romans chapter 5 verse 20 and 21 that where sin abounds grace abounds all the more but what does that actually mean all right let me read it Romans chapter 5 verse 20 it says moreover the law entered that the offense might abound but where sin abounded grace abounded much more so that as sin reigned in death Uh, Even so, grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ. Christ this is going over to the next chapter Romans 6 verses 1 and 2 it says this what shall we say then shall we continue in sin that grace may abound certainly not how can we who died to sin live any longer in it let's talk about this just for a second because when we talk about how grace covers sin I believe that is a, a misinterpretation that's a misappropriation actually of scripture we talk about really scripture talks about how love covers a multitude of sin but what grace does it says that where sin abounds grace abounds all the more which means this let me tell you what that actually means it doesn't mean check this out that when you feel like sinning god's safety net catches you because he covers you with his grace that's not what that means what this actually means when sin abounds grace abounds all the more is this where sin abounds God's ability abounds all the more to overcome that sin. So it doesn't matter how much sin you may think you are experiencing or how much sin may be in the earth or in the world. God's grace will always abound. It will always continue to multiply. It will always extend. It will always stretch. It will always be bigger than any sin that you can ever experience. So what we have to really do is bring understanding and definition to what grace is because grace is not a safety net let me say that again y'all grace is not a safety net grace check this out is just not god's unmerited favor all right it is it is grace is actually the ability of god grace is the empowerment of god grace is check this out God's ability that gives you the ability to do what you cannot do in your own ability my church hears this all the time at Encounter Worship Center and and this is a message that I that I that I preach vehemently that that I hear all and I will continue to do so grace is God's ability that gives you the ability to do what you cannot do in your own ability in other words when you are feeling weak when you are feeling tempted when you are feeling as if the obstacles are too much God's Grace abounds all the more wherever they may be seen. God's ability works in you to overcome any obstacle, anything that could ever try to get you to forfeit your identity and to forfeit your inheritance in him. Grace is the empowerment of of god so when we talk about grace abounding we're not talking about grace covering your sin or grace um covering your sinfulness we are talking about grace giving you the ability to overcome your sin so when people say god i just thank you for your grace when they're in a bad position when when they're in a sinful state they're misappropriating it that's really mercy you're not receiving judgment is god's mercy come on you're not receiving condemnation Is God's mercy. God's grace, however, is that thing that after you've received his mercy, it's that thing that gives you the ability to come out of that hole or to come out of that um, that position of sin. So I think that that's something, honestly, that we have to we have to really deal with. We have to look at now. I want to say this and I just kind of want to I just kind of want to kind of just get into this because. I think that this is important, uh, partic- particularly when we are dealing with the things that I just talked about with grace being um, the empowerment of God. Check this out. Grace is not just something. Um, grace is not just something that 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 we abide in that doesn't empower us and that doesn't lead us to something else that doesn't lead us to Christ. Let's look at a, Let's look at a verse real quick. Let's look at Titus chapter two verses 11 and 12. And um, I'm going to read this and I'm going to make a statement. All right. It says this, Titus chapter 2, verse 11. It says, for the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age. Now, I want to say this, y'all. Grace is not just something we abide in. All right. That keeps us from sinning. Grace actually teaches you godliness. So I have, a, I have a problem, quite honestly, with people that say that they believe in the grace of God and that they teach the grace of God and they try to tell other people that they don't understand the grace of God. But the grace that they're teaching, the grace that they're preaching, the grace that they believe that they are in is not leading them or teaching them godliness. I don't believe in a grace that doesn't teach you godliness. One of the characteristics, one of the attributes, one of the responsibilities of the grace of God is to teach you godliness. According to Titus chapter two, it says that not only does it teach you godliness, but it teaches you to deny ungodliness and worldly lust, and it teaches you to live soberly righteously and godly in the present age so listen y'all we can't be teaching this powerless gospel this powerless grace that does absolutely nothing for you that allows you to remain as you are when you encounter the true grace of god there is an inner working on the inside of you that brings you and that convicts you of ungodly living, and there is a grace on the inside of you that teaches you what it looks like to live a godly life. You know, I I understand, and you all know. I mean, if you've been listening to my podcast for any amount of time, you all know that I believe that you cannot work into righteousness. Righteousness is something that that you become, that you inherit by receiving Jesus Christ by being baptized into the grace of God. We become the righteousness of God. God. However, that same grace that made you righteous Also empowers you to live righteously also empowers you to live a holy life also empowers you to live a life through the lens of love not our own love that we have made definitions for but have given you the authority to live through the love of Jesus Christ have given you the ability to walk in the Spirit because the Bible says that those who are born of the Spirit let us also walk in the Spirit and it says also that if we walk in the spirit we will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh so the grace of God gives you the ability to walk in the spirit and it does not leave you idle where you are or in a place to where nothing about you change I know I'm in more of like a preacher mode this podcast but I mean quite honestly out of you know I don't, I, I don't think I've done a, a, a podcast episode solely on grace, and this is actually one of the, my most favorite things to teach on because it's the grace of God is so powerful, and we have to be grateful and thankful for the grace of God. But we are not to, to live a life that is powerless. Anybody who says that they have encountered Jesus but nothing about them changes, honestly, I don't care what you say, honestly, I will, prob- I will question their encounter. No one can experience or encounter the true raw love and the true raw grace of Jesus Christ and not be, come on, convicted of, of, of wrongdoing and not be convicted or exhorted unto righteous living. It's, I, I just don't think it's possible. If you're able to do that, I question the gospel that you've received. Have you received false gospels? Have you received Paul? Paul asked the Galatians who has bewitched you for they were preaching the message of another Jesus. Have you received the gospel of another Jesus? We have to get to a point to where we receive the grace of God and where we take responsibility after the grace of God has empowered us. You know, we are not to kick against the goals of the grace of God that's trying to lead us unto godliness and lead us into a place where 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 our nature is realigning itself with the nature of Christ. All right. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. I want to talk about one last thing, I believe. Yeah. Let me talk about one last thing. Because this is the thing that was brought up, all right? And I know I'm going to get some people that are going to get mad at me or going to get offended with me. But, I, you know, if you know me, come on. If you know me, you know I don't really care. Um, when I am talking about um, what I believe is truth, what I believe uh, God is, is wanting us to realize and bring us into, I love you, but quite frankly, if you get upset at what I'm going to say, um there's some things that you probably <laughs> have to take up uh with God. All right. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about what it means to restore a sinner or restore someone that has been caught in an offense. All right. Galatians chapter 6 verses 1 and 2 says this, brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass You who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. All right. If a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual. Restore such a one in the spirit of gentleness. I want to talk about what that actually looks like, what it means to restore a sinner, because uh, this past week, there's been some things that have come out. And honestly, it's nothing new. All right. It's nothing new uh, with the individual It's nothing new with uh, in church history. Um, I mean, people uh, get exposed all the time and. Uh, people who 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 may live contrary to what they profess get exposed all the time and uh, even people who may not live contrary to what they profess they may not even say anything about their lifestyle because they believe that the way that they're living is okay Uh, but when things come out um, sometimes there's a tendency to defend and there's a tendency to take a particular side Uh, and honestly I do not believe that when we take sides with certain issues that we are actually doing the the individual uh a good service all right so i'm not going to say no names because i don't really do that on my podcast but there was an individual who uh uh who a video leaked of them and uh this video revealed that they were someone who uh apparently was living an alternative lifestyle Uh, and uh, they were in homosexuality, and the video leaked, and uh, with this individual, um, after it leaked all over the internet, there were certain individuals that posted it, so of course it started to spread, and there were people that were standing up, and that were speaking up, and that were saying um, that we are supposed to restore people, We are supposed to restore individuals. We're supposed to pray for individuals. We ought to mind our own business. Um, Who are we to talk about people such were some of you and, uh, you know, so forth and so on. And my thing is this. I believe in the power of restoration. I believe wholeheartedly in the ministry of compassion, the ministry where we uh, are able to empathize with people and, and where people are. Um, and uh, you all, if you checked out the, the a couple episodes ago, I did a couple different episodes uh, on homosexuality in the church. So I want you to go back and listen to that if you have not heard that, if you have not listened to that. All right. So you all if, if you listen to that, I don't have to go into detail as far as how I feel about that particular topic, how I feel about people uh, uh, from that lifestyle. This is, this, is, this, is, this is my thing. This is honestly my concern, all right? And I'm, and I'm speaking as a church leader. This is honestly my concern. My concern is this. When people show you who they are and when there is no evidence, there is no proof um, that these individuals uh, <laughs> feel like they were wrong, My question is, when we're saying restore this one, pray for this one, what are we praying for? Why are we praying uh, for restoration when they don't feel like they need to be restored? They don't even feel like, you know, they're broken. My thing is this. When Galatians says that if a man is overtaken in, in a trespass or a sin, you who are spiritual restore such a one. Restoration is not the same. Hear me. Restoration is not the same as condoning their lifestyle and telling them they're old boy, they're old girl, everything's going to be OK. And um, even though it's important that they know that you love them and they know that regardless of how things pan out, they have people that are genuinely concerned and people that genuinely love them, genuinely love them. I think that's good. But re- restoration in this context of scripture is a corrective action. Restoration in this context means this it is it's not a matter of falling, you know, uh uh, uh you know, it's, it's not a matter of falling from grace or grace covering their sin. Because the fact of the matter is this if you have things on the inside of you that you know are not lined up with Christ's nature. And if the people around you also know that, but they do not minister to you in love, uh, in a in a in a way that will impart the fragrance of Christ, where people are able to see and experience the fragrance of Christ, and furthermore will cause them to want to become more Christ-like, then you are doing them a disservice. I mean. Is repentance involved when we're talking about restoring a sinner? Have they have they become repent? You know, have they uh, become uh, become repentant? Now, when I say repent, I'm not saying asking for forgiveness or being remorseful or or or, or you know, or, or, or sorrowful or, or, or condemned. I am talking about realizing who where you are, what you're doing and understanding that it does not line up with Christ's nature. And wanting your life to line up with Christ's nature. is repentance involved? Because restoration, like I said, involves correction. Condoning lifestyles in the name of love is not love. Especially when we are talking about I'm not, now uh, again, I'm talking from a leadership perspective, especially when we are ref- when, when, when we're talking about, People who are given public platforms in ministry, whether it's preaching, whether it's singing, whether it I mean, whatever it is. People are given public platforms and they are seen in the light of ministry as someone who is a minister or a leader or a preacher or or whatever the case may be. And they're given these these platforms when you can and, and and you know that they are living a I'm I'm not talking about a struggle, all right? I'm not talking about struggle and you have accountability and you're working through these struggles. I'm not talking about that. I am talking about you know they're living an alternative lifestyle, whatever that lifestyle may be. I don't I mean, it's it's not always sexual when we talk about alternative lifestyles, but when someone's living an alternative lifestyle and they are okay with the lifestyle that they live. You're doing them a disservice. You are not (laughs) condoning their lifestyle in the name of love is not love. Restoring such a one that word restore uh, when it says to restore such a one. It comes from the same word cardotismo. uh, uh, And it's the same word, which means to 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 correct, to realign. It's the same word that means to perfect. Uh, It's a derivative or it's connected to the word in Ephesians 4.11 that says the perfecting or maturing uh, or, 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 or aligning of the saints. Same word. It means to realign. It's a chiropractic term. It means to adjust. When it talks about restore such a one. So grace is the ability. Come on. When someone wants to be restore when someone wants to exemplify the nature of Christ the good news is that Jesus did all the work you're baptized into his body you are given to drink of his spirit come on you are covered in his grace meaning all you have to do is submit and surrender to that grace grace and, and this is my last point grace is not about being strong grace is actually about acknowledging how weak you are Can I say that again? And I promise I'm coming to a close. Grace is not being about being strong. Grace is about acknowledging how weak you actually are. Let's look at really quickly. Second Second Corinthians chapter 12, verse seven through nine, it says, unless I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure concerning this thing. I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I'll rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may may rest upon me. Now, first and foremost, I want to make this clear. When Paul is talking about a thorn in his flesh, when Paul is talking about his infirmity, he's not talking about sin. He's not talking about sickness. He's not talking about Alternative lifestyles. Paul is referring to persecution. He was dealing with persecution. All right. Uh, Minister Satan was sent to buffet him. Anytime you see thorn in the eye, thorn in the flesh, thorn in the side it's in the it's, it's in the Bible multiple times. It's always refers to people that's been sent as irritants to you, to your life, to your ministry and has been assigned to hinder you from doing what God has called you to do. He's dealing with persecution. All right. Even still, he's saying that the minister of Satan, these ministers of Satan has been sent to, sent to buffet me. And in my in my weakness, God says that my strength is made perfect in your weakness. The grace of God is most potent when you understand your weakness. The grace of God is made po- most potent when you don't try to be strong in, 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 in who you are, but you rely on God. You rely on the grace of God to strengthen you in your time of need and in your time of weakness. Grace is about your weakness and not your strength. His ability working in your inability. So listen, I, I I I only wanted to do 20 minutes, but I'm 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 moving towards 30. So I hope this is uh an episode that helped you. Again, the topic of grace is one that can honestly go on for weeks and weeks and weeks. Uh I don't even think I did it uh a good service uh here. Hopefully. It, it, it helped you all and gave you all some clarity and some vision as far as kind of what I've been burdened with. And uh, so, listen, I love you all. Thank you for checking us out. If you have not rated Church Talk with Isaac, please do so. Now that you had the end of this, if you listen to previous episodes, please rate it. Please write a review. It helps me uh, other people find this episode and find these um, find my podcast channel. Ultimately. uh, uh, when, when you do that. So thank you all. I love y'all. I pray you have a great week until next time. I will talk to you all soon. Thank you for listening to church talk with Isaac. If you enjoy our content and benefit from this podcast, do me a favor and subscribe, leave a review, and share with your friends, family, and colleagues. I'm also on all social media platforms and would love to connect with you. You can also partner with us by visiting IsaacWatsonMinistries.com and clicking donate. Your partnership helps us to get the message of Jesus through Isaac Watson Ministries to the world. Talk to you soon.